Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We are sure that God has a word for us. And um, praise God. I said, praise God. All right, let's um, let's have a word of prayer and get into our teaching tonight. Let's pray, Father. Thank you, because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you, because your people are anointed to receive, and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright, so before we had the, the little break that we had, we were studying Second Corinthians chapter 8. Okay? On the subject of giving. How many of you remember? Alright. Uh, for those who write... You know, there are those who write their messages on the new notes every, <laughs> every, every service day they've got a new study note. Uh, if you are that way, you will not grow spiritually uh, in a logical manner. You know, uh, you just want to go to church and you pass by your table and you just see a jota. I was there. When BC wedded Ade, and you, you carry that, and then you write. And then uh, on Sunday, uh, you're, you're rushing out again, you now see, adieu, mama, at 85. <laughs> you carry that. And then Upper Wednesday, uh, you see, silver anniversary, Jumoke and Adebola. So you've got three messages on three different jotters. And so, maybe today it was adieu, my mother made it to church. And so you say, oh, where did we stop? <laughs> and I remember that, no, that was in the silver anniversary jubilee jotter. Uh, that's not the way to come to church. Amen? Come on, I said that's not the way to come to church. Amen? Amen. You've, got to, you've got to take your church notes, almost like, not almost like, but like you're in a school. And um, write on a specific note and follow the teachings that are going on. And so even when we're going through a subject we've gone before, you can easily flip back and see where we stopped. Okay, so in Second Corinthians chapter 8, we just want to finish our teaching on giving as we look into this chapter. Can you remember the verse that we stopped? Okay, we're going to have all the verses mentioned now. Somebody said we stop at verse what? Verse 12. Okay. Who said verse 6? Uh, okay. <laughs> Actually, we stopped in verse 12. Well, but I, I get you when you say 6. Because it's uh, times 2. So I understand the spiritual symbolism. 
So let's let's start reading again from verse 1. But remember where we're going? Verse 12. Now brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia that in a great ordeal of affliction remember the word telepsis, treasure their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality hapoletis liberality that is not self-seeking giving that is not self-centered a Christian should give not because of selfish motives are given primarily is rooted out of love. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. So they gave beyond their ability. Begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this, not as we had expected, But they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So the first giving that a believer should give is to give themselves to the Lord. When someone has given themselves to the Lord, it is very easy for them to give financially. Because by giving yourself to the Lord, the nature of God, the love nature of God... Flows, overflows through you. So, uh, a child of God should first of all give themselves to the Lord. And that's very, very important. Now, it says, So we asked Titus, as he had previously made a beginning, so he would also complete in you this gracious work as well. Verse 7, But just as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all earnestness, and in love, we inspired in you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. So he's saying, listen, you abound in everything. Okay? You abound in utterance. You abound in knowledge. You abound in faith. Also abound in giving. There is nothing like a stingy Christian. There are people who will do everything, but the money will not come out. They are bound in knowledge. Before you talk anything, they are giving you the Greek, the Hebrew. Hmm? Before you lead prayers, they have spoken in tongues. You know, even when you say, well, let's pray, you've ended the prayer. You want to raise another prayer point. They don't even have the energy to pause. They are still speaking in tongues as they are raising the other prayer point. Utterance. They are bound in utterance. Excess tongues. Hmm? They abound in everything. They can dress well to church. Come on time. The only area they don't abound is giving. And Paul says, listen, if you abound in all of these things and abound in love, also abound in this what? Gracious work of giving to the saints. Alright? I'm not speaking this as a command, but as proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity of your love also. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Do you understand this scripture now? Do you understand what this means? What was the poverty of Jesus? But you said you understand it. What was the poverty of Jesus that I explained here? (laughs) 
What was the poverty when the Bible says Jesus became poor so that we might become rich? What was the poverty there? Sorry? He emptied himself. Okay? Who else agrees with that? Coming down to here to die for our sins. Okay? Who else thinks differently? His resurrection. Okay? Okay? Anyone else? He left his riches in heaven. Okay? Did I explain this verse actually? Okay, so what did I explain? I, I've heard what you have said. So what did I explain? It was. So how many of us came with three different jotters? You remember the three different jotters example I gave, right? So all you need to do is flip back at your note and see what I explained. But let's move on. Sorry? Is anyone suggesting something? Okay, let's move on. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now let me explain something to you. Uh, Pay attention to this. When we uh, finish a study like this, or when we, whatever study you, you go, or for instance, those of you who went to the camp meeting, set aside time to go over your notes again. Are, are you following what I'm saying? It's, it's a very important spiritual practice for your development. You know, sometimes you're in a meeting and you hear a lot of things, so you have to go back to your notes. Just the same way you would do with your schoolwork, that's the way to have the truths of that teaching in your heart for a long time. And, and it's a very important practice. I give my opinion on this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now, finish doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so that there may also be the completion of it by your ability. So understand this, it says there was a readiness to do this, I want you to complete it. That means, just having the desire to give is not enough. Finish it. Are you following this? Come on, are you following this? Complete it. Just having a readiness to give is not enough. Finish that or complete that desire that you have. Now, let's go to verse 12. For if the readiness is present, that means if the willingness is present, this is the key, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Now, this is very, very important. I, I want to read the Amplified Version. It says, for if the eager readiness to give is there, then it is acceptable and welcomed in proportion to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. So, it's very important for us to understand that, that what God accepts is what you have. You know, there are many Christians that they stop themselves from giving because they consider what they have not to be enough. But giving is like planting a seed. If you say the seed is not enough, then you never get it planted. What God accepts is if there is the readiness, if there is the heart, if there is the willingness to give. Then God accepts what a man has. Go to Mark chapter 
12. Turn with me to Mark chapter 12 and verse 43. Mark chapter 12 and verse 43. How many of you had uh, at a time wanted to give something and you thought it was not enough and you ended up not giving? How many of you have had that experience? Huh? You just feel, I want to give. Oh, but ah, what is this compared to what is needed? Come on, how many of you have had that experience? Let me see your hands. Had that experience, right? You want to give, and you realize that uh, the money is not enough; it's small. Now, let me ask you a question: If the boy who had the uh, five loaves and three fishes never gave, would there be something for God to multiply? Talk to me. Would there be something for God to multiply? What about when the disciples came to him and said, well, I, I think we can give this to Jesus. And the boy said, oh, it's just a little lunch. I don't think the master needs this. What would Jesus have multiplied if nothing was given to him? What would Jesus have multiplied? If you multiply nothing, what do you get? Nothing. You know why some of you don't have financial harvest? Do you know why some of you don't have financial harvest? You give nothing. And so when God wants to also increase you, there's nothing to multiply. Why don't you give what you have and trust God to multiply and bring increase to that? Because it is accepted according to what a man has. That's it. That's why you should never also place burden on people to give more than what they can afford. Or place unnecessary financial burdens on people uh, in terms of vows. You know, some people vow a lot and they vow so much. Hmm? And I've told you, if you're asking God for anything, just ask Him and trust God. Don't go about saying, oh God, if you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. If you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. Many times people do that and when the Lord brings the blessing, they forget. I can, I can bet you that there are so many vows we've made to the Lord that we have not paid. Am I right? Some, some is not even vows of giving. It's even vows of consent. Oh God, if you would just do this for me. And you know the human mind. Immediately God does that for you. You're not satisfied. You want something more. Look at this. In, in Mark chapter 12 verse 41, he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury and many rich people were putting, mon- putting in large sums of money. It's amazing that Jesus was looking at the offering. You know, if, a pa- if you were to give offerings today and a pastor started in front of the offering box, uh, social media will just break down. What is the pastor looking for? Verse 42, a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Man, every time I read this woman's story, it's so amazing how a poor widow will come to church and put all she's on and all she has to live on. I don't get what faith is that. Right here is great faith. But you know what? It was accepted according to what she has. God did not say, Jesus did not say, why are you putting two saints? Two saints is not enough. God never calls your seed not enough. God accepts what you have. Praise the name of the Lord. Come and I said, praise the name of the Lord. God accepts what you have. 
And it is important we understand that, that what I have to give right now is acceptable before the Lord. I don't need to shrink back. I don't need to think it's not enough. I'd rather put something in the kingdom and have something God can multiply than I have nothing at all. Are you following this? We want to do something in church. We want to buy new cameras. It's going to cost $60 billion. All I have is 60 cobble. God accepts what you have. Don't shrink back from living a generous life because you don't think you have enough. Let me tell you this. There's nobody in this world who thinks they have enough to give. Anybody who is giving chooses to give. Chooses to be liberal. Chooses to sow into the kingdom. Chooses to be of a blessing. If we all look at what we have, it's not enough. But giving is not just an act of worship. Pay attention to this. Giving is not just an act of worship. Giving is an act of faith. I give in faith, trusting God for a harvest. Praise God. I said praise God. Alright, let's read this. Let's go back to Second Corinthians chapter 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you following this this evening? Alright. Verse 13. For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by the way of equality. Paul was saying, this is not so that some people would suffer and some people would, uh, would be, be not, you know, maybe some people are afflicted by giving and some people are ease. He says, no. But actually, this is actually supposed to bring equality. And let me explain this to you. You've got to pay attention to this now. It's very important. What God is saying essentially is that if every one of us gets our part done, if we do our part, there will be equality in the body. So, somebody that has a lot brings out of what God has prospered them. Somebody that has little brings out of what God has prospered them. At the end of the day, we'll get whatever God wants us to get done, accomplished, because everybody contributed their part. Praise God. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need. So that means, these guys have abundance right now, but you are in need. So they will give you the supply. They will bring supplies to you. Then so that their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. So what Paul is saying essentially is, right now those guys are in need and you have. So you give. You sow. Praise God. And then, this, tomorrow, the, you guys might be in need, and they might have an abundance. What's going to happen? They sow. Remember what Paul was trying to say? Paul was saying that the act of our giving to one another is partnership, is fellowship, is koinonia, is sharing. Praise God. It's sharing. It's part of our fellowship with one another. It's part of our fellowship with one another. So when I give to you, what am I doing? I'm sharing fellowship. I'm participating. When I, when I help you to get your needs met, I'm sharing in fellowship, the unity of the faith. 
And when I'm in need, you also help me to get my needs met. What's happening? We're bringing equality to the body. And we must understand that our giving just goes beyond, uh, we're just dropping money in the offering plate. No, our giving is actually partnership. It's partnership. We are joining our hands together. We're joining our faith together to get the kingdom going. That's what it is. When I take my seed and I put it in the offering basket, when I take my seed and I minister to my brother, when I take my seed and I minister to my pastor or minister to whatever ministry is a blessing to me, what I'm doing is I'm getting into partnership. I'm getting into fellowship. I'm fellowshipping. I'm participating. Glory to God. Come on, I said glory to God. Verse 15. As it is written... He who has gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little had no lack. He was actually quoting Exodus 16 verse 18. And that's the idea. That we can supply the needs of one another. We can be of a blessing to one another. So when a man has, he can put in his resource and cause others to benefit from it. We must see giving in the kingdom as partnership. It's not just something we're doing so God will bless us. It's fellowshipping with the saints to get the kingdom of God advancing. To get the needs of people met. To get the needs of our brothers met. To get the resources we require or the things we require to get the gospel out. That's why when a man has given himself to the Lord, giving of his resources becomes very easy. Praise God. Let me tell you this. Giving is an act of faith. That's the truth. There is no giving that's convenient. It's got to be an act of faith. If you really want to give the way God wants you to give, it's got to be an act of faith. It's got to be an act of faith. And don't ever think, let me tell you this, don't ever think, oh, there are some rich people who have a lot of money that are giving to the kingdom. Don't be deceived by that. There are many people who have money that are not giving to the kingdom. They are giving to the cares of this world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you gone home? Why are you guys quiet this Wednesday evening? What's happening? Are you here? Or you've made too much money, you can't say amen now. Because I see all of you have jobs now, coverall. I mean, see Kingsley with his coverall and his boots. Everybody's... Say amen. amen. That's better. Having a lot of money does not mean that someone is generous. Generosity is a heart issue. Are, are you following this? So somebody can have very little amount of money and they are generous to the kingdom. According, remember what the scripture says, acceptable according to what a man has. Now, you know the story we read about that widow, right? Now, look at all the rich guys. They came to church and dropped their billions and their thousands and their hundreds of thousands and their patches of money. And this woman comes in and drops two cents. You know what the Bible says? It says that was all she had. That was not just all she had. That was all she had. 
to live on. Come on. How many of you think that today you will come to church? Let's assume you have only 10,000 in your account. Look up now. Do you think, don't raise your hand, you have only 10,000 in your account. That's all you have. And that's also all you have to live on. Do you think, if we say, well, it's offering time, put the account on the screen. You're going to transfer everything. Do you think your mind will allow you to do that? What's the first thought that's going to come to your heart? Huh? How to sustain your life. What's the next thought? Huh? Somebody say rent. Is a rent 7,555 naira, 60 <laughs> But But you can see what that woman went through. I, I, you know, sometimes when we read these stories, we just read them. Oh, the widow gave her. No, let's think about it. That's all you have. That's all you have to live on. Remember, Jesus did not make any special promise. Right? Jesus did not say, if you sow your last money today, you will get a 24-hour miracle. There will be miracle alerts on your phone. This woman was not responding to an appeal for giving. This was her nature. And again, this was a widow. So it wasn't like, you know, I mean, some, some wonderful ladies can do it. Just give all is in your account. You know your husband is at home. But yeah, this woman was a widow. Think of it. Can you see what this woman did? You saw why the offering got the attention of God. If this woman was your mother, and she came back home, and said, what are we going to eat? Say, I gave the two cents to church. Say, was Jesus there? Say, yes. He said, I said it. <laughs> Never allow fearful people to stop you from giving to the kingdom. Always respond in faith. God honors faith. Everybody say God. God. Honors faith. Remember, I want to qualify this. Jesus was not raising a special offering. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There were no special promises attached. Jesus did not say, if you empty your account, God will empty your problems. There were no special appeals. This was a regular service on a regular day. This woman gave out of faith. I, I tell you, you know, when I read the Bible now, I, t- I tell myself, there are many people in this Bible that should inspire us. Look at this dear woman. Why give your two saints? Especially when there are rich people there. You just conclude, ah, thank God, thank God. Uh, you know, there are people like that. Hmm? Once they see a wealthy person in a meeting, they just refrain. Ah, thank God our source is here. Hmm? <laughs> May other people's prosperity not stop you from, from giving. You just have this mindset. Hmm? That, oh, there are some people who have. They will give, they will give, they will give. What about you? What about you? What are you giving? And you know, sometimes even for pastors, that's why some pastors actually are broke. You know the reason why? Because some pastors just set themselves as receivers. They never give. So they are just receiving. In fact, if you don't give to them, then they will harass you. 
Why will you allow your man of God to suffer? Do you want to suffer? <laughs> One day I was in a meeting and I heard the pastor preach. You know, when I hear certain things in certain meetings, I don't bother to give because I just tell myself, this is not worth it. The man says, if you want to develop, you must have envelope. <laughs> See, envelopment is the key to development. <laughs> You know, you know, sometimes when you're preaching and those nursery rhymes flow. And you know, see people are writing down. If you want to develop, you must have in the loop. You know, it just makes sense. <laughs> All right. Maybe we'll do a series like that. Envelopment for development. Where people are rightly taught and they have a walk with God, generosity will not be a problem. The Lord can get people to give to the kingdom more than you can ever do manipulating people. Are you following what I'm saying? In Exodus 25 and Exodus 35, uh, when God asked Moses to, bring the, to raise an offering, he says, as many as the Lord stirred their hearts, they brought. Let's read on. Sermon chapter 8. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnestness on your behalf in the heart of Titus. For he, he not only accepted your appeal, but being himself very earnest, he has gone to you of his own accord. So Titus is actually coming to collect this offering. You know, in those days there were no bank transfers, so people actually had to go collect the money and take it. We have sent along with him the brother whose fame in the things of the gospel has spread through all the churches. When I read this this afternoon as I was getting ready for the meeting, I was just thinking, look at how they introduced this brother. Hmm? Look at how they introduced this brother. Look at this. They said, we have sent along with him the brother whose fame in the things of the gospel has spread through all the churches. Oh my God. Look at the description. Praise God. Look at the description. They didn't, tell, they didn't call his name. They said, this brother's fame for the things of the gospel has spread. That means it was the zeal of the brother that spread around all the churches. Look at that. Let's, let's, let's look at it again. Can you see that? Come on everyone. Can you see that? Look at it. Yeah, look at it. He says, we have sent along with him the brother whose fame in the things of the gospel has spread through all the churches. If we were to describe you today, can we describe you as the sister? Whose fame for the things of the gospel has spread in all the churches. How many of you think that's a good description? You don't think so? Eh? Hey, come on. Do you think we can describe you like that? That you are the brother whose fame for the things of the gospel has spread around the churches? Or will describe you as a brother whose fame for Facebook challenges has spread around the churches? But imagine how they describe this guy. His name was silent. Because he was so famous for the things of the gospel. What a way to describe a man. What a way to make your name in the Bible. The brother whose fame for the things of the gospel has spread around the churches. And if they say a brother's name spread around the churches, this was not the days of social media. This was not the days of internet. The guy went viral because of his zeal for the things of the gospel in all the churches in a day where there was no technology. How much passion this brother would have had. Glory to God. 
May we be described by the things that matter for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? May you not be described. And you say, oh well, uh, we're talking about John. Say, which John are you talking about? Say, the one who likes shoes. <laughs> Whose fame for shoes are spread around the churches. It's not bad to like shoes, but you know what I'm saying. May you not be described by earthly achievements in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you are being described in the courts of heaven, may you be described for the things that concern eternal life. Look at this. Well, saints, along with him, the brother whose fame praise God, has spread through all the churches. And not only this, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in this gracious work, which is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our readiness. Verse 20. Now observe this. I want to make a point here. When this money was contributed for the saints, there was proper accountability. I want you to understand this. Because in verse 20 to 21, why was this brother taken to travel along with Paul? Look at along Titus and the other ones where to take the money. It says, taking precaution so that no one would discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. Which means that church money is actually public money. Church money is not the pastor's money. And so therefore, if you are a pastor of a church and people give towards a particular project, you should put parameters in place that people do not discredit your administration of their giving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this. It says, For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. So, you cannot administer church money and just say, God is seeing my heart. No, Paul says, we want to do what is right, is honorable in the sight of the Lord and also in the sight of men. So, Paul decided only one person is not going to take this money. Which means that when, when monies are given to the kingdom, there should be a proper accountability in the sight of men and in the sight of God. So, church money is actually public money. It's not, it's, it doesn't belong to the pastor. And so there must be procedures in place where uh, there is transparency, there is accountability because we do not want what will discredit us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And put that in your own life also. If you are in a position where you are handed public money, trust money, money in your group, money in your department, money in your compound. You know, I've heard very funny stories of people giving monies, uh, uh, you know, maybe in your compound, they gave you money, you want to buy broom in this compound, they now give you money. They now say, we'll buy the broom in June. Then you now, you now took the money in May, you know, April ending, that by the time they pay May salary, you will balance it. Is it your money in the first place? It's not your money. You don't have a right to it. You don't have a right to it. That's, that's actually discrediting your integrity. Never listen to this. As a Christian, as a child of God, never loan from money that you are entrusted with. It is not yours. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you've taken something that's not yours, go put it back. 
Because we don't just hold pastors accountable, we hold ourselves accountable. And let me explain something to you again. When money is given to you for a particular purpose, don't divert that purpose. Without the permission of who has given it to you for that purpose. Imagine that this money was contributed to administer to the saints. Then Paul now said, Ah! As we are going in Syria, we just discovered that the, the saints in, in Syria, they haven't eaten. So we decided to buy them food. Was that why that money was given? No. That's not why that money was given. These are little things that sometimes we don't pay attention to. Praise God. Funds are given to you for a purpose. In the first place, it's not your money. It's a money that is entrusted to you for something. So, whenever monies are entrusted to you, don't regard it as my money. It's not yours. There's a purpose for it. The finances must go after that purpose. And that's why sometimes in, in a lot of ministries, uh, you discover after a time, the pastors begin to lose credibility because they announce, we are going to buy generator, we're going to buy generator, or we're going to buy AC, we're going to buy ceiling fan. Hmm? And people now contribute, contribute, contribute. After all, you don't see ceiling fan. Then you now see brand two new chairs and stool in front of the church. Then the pastor now says, well, the money for the ceiling fan did not, is not complete, but you can buy chair." So we decided to just buy chair. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. You get back to the people and say, the money wasn't enough for this. Can we do this? Listen, this is Bible. Paul had all the integrity in the world. But you know what he says? He says, we will do what is honorable not only in the sight of the Lord, but what? Come on. Not only in the sight of the Lord, but in the sight of what? Accountability and transparency is not just for God, it's for men. Praise God. Come on, I said, Praise God. All right, it says, Let me read it from the Amplified. Listen to this. It says, For we are on our guard, intending that no one should find anything for which to blame us in regard to our administration of this large contribution. For we take thought beforehand and aim to be honest and absolutely above suspicion, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. That means the way ministry funds are handled should be above what? Suspicion. You must do that. Not only as a minister of the gospel, but whatever contributions are given to you, whatever you are responsible for handling any uh, administration of the saints, relief of the saints. We're going to minister to the saints. We're going to help people. We're going to uh, reach out to people or something. And funds were given to you. It's proper that there is no suspicion there. You have to do this. Because this is New Testament apostolic pattern. And learn that in your own life. Whenever phones are given to you, learn to, uh, <coughs> learn to <coughs> um, give account for it properly. Okay? And how do you start? When they send you on an errand, return all the change complete. Don't, don't, don't allocate for yourself. You know, there's a way they will send you a message, and then you will suffer a lot in that message. You just tell yourself, listen, listen. Even if I eat from this money, even God will not be angry. 
he will not. But in the sight of men, there will be suspicion. Now, let me tell you something. Sometimes, not sometimes, most of the times, trust is built over time. And faithfulness in little will be what? Will be faithfulness over much. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if you know you cannot handle money properly, and you're being put in a position to handle money, reject it. Some, some people are not, it's not like they are, they are thieves, okay? It's not like they will misappropriate the money. It's just that they don't know how to be accountable. You understand? It might just be a weakness. They spend without writing. Have you ever had to do that? You just spend, 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 then you start cracking your head. What did I And a lot of thought will be coming. You bought slippers. No. That slippers money was given to me by my mother. You bought by... No, 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 no. <laughs> don't, if you're not good with accounting, don't put your mind through that pressure. Because at the end of the day, you'll feel headache. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you, you, you've got to know where you're good. But why are we emphasizing this? Because this is apostolic pattern. This is apostolic ministry. Because one of the things that have come against the charismatic ministry over time is the fact that certain leaders were not able to separate the church money from their money and then people began to feel that a whole lot of church money is going over to the pastors. Which sometimes in the orthodox faith, you find a big demarcation there. But that's very, very important. So Paul says, taking precaution that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. For we have regard for what is honorable. Note that scripture, note that verse. Have regard for what is honorable. You don't even sometimes need to be asked of the account. Do it voluntarily. Not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested. Look at that word. Did you see that? Hey church, did you see that? What did they do to this brother? No, no, no. If you say they tested it, that's not scriptures. What did they do, what did they do to this brother? They often do what? That means they tested him how many times? Somebody say often times. They tested him how many times? Several times. So many times. Can you see Paul? Can you see Paul? Paul is saying, listen, the guy we sent to bring the money is somebody who have tested many times. So that means they gave him small money. The guy was accountable. They gave him another money. The guy was accountable. They gave him some other money. The guy was accountable. When it was time to go and bring the big money from Jerusalem. He said, you know what? Send that guy. But imagine if he, fa- if he failed the test. And Paul was there. They gave him, sent him smart errand on charge. The, the accounting balance. Send him again the accounting balance. And then they were looking for who was going to bring money from the saints. Say, ah, we, we nominate Brother Jay. <laughs> Paul will say, leave him. Say why? Say me, Paul. That is saying, leave him. I know what I'm saying. Leave him. Just leave him. <laughs> Look at it. He says, whom we have often tested and found diligent in many things, but now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. I want you to see these characteristics about these people. They are not big names in the scriptures. But these are the characteristics we need today. How many times do we fail the little test of diligence? Hmm? Some of us, little leadership responsibility, we fail the test. And yet we want to be big leaders. Hmm? Little responsibility at our workplace. Little responsibility, we fail. 
But Paul says this. He says, we've often tested this guy and we found him diligent. And so, he can carry out this assignment. Let me tell you this. Pay very close attention to this. People are watching you and people are making observations. You are one recommendation away from your highest dream. You're one recommendation away from that thing you look like it's a big opportunity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? People are watching what you do. People are watching how you go about stuff. Those little things, those little assignments that, it, that is given to you. People are watching. A day will come when someone will be... <laughs> oh my God. A day will come when someone will need a big recommendation. And they call and say, do you know somebody who can do this? And your name flashes up to their mind and then the Holy Spirit reminds them, not diligent, not diligent, not diligent. You say, I don't know. Because when somebody trusts you, and somebody recommends you, they are putting their reputation on the line for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's very important. Let's read on. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested, and found diligent in many things. I really like this. They found him diligent in many things. Not just one thing. We must learn to cultivate the art of diligence as Christians. Diligent at your workplace. Diligent in your approach to things. Diligent in the assignments that God is giving to you. Diligent in your purpose. These are the things that would open door to greater things. Because whatever resources the Lord wants to give to us as a church, it will take diligent people to manage it. Whatever resources the Lord wants to pass through the body of Christ to be able to reach the nations, it will take diligent people to manage it. And these diligent people have to come from the local church. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, it goes on to say, verse 23, As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brethren, they are messengers of the churches, a glory to Christ. Look at this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Verse 24. Therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love and our reason for boasting about you. What was the proof of their love here? Giving. He says, listen, before all the churches, show them a proof of our love. Which is what? Giving. You remember, Paul was writing this letter to them because he was inspiring the Corinthians to give like the Macedonians. He was using people who were in deep poverty to inspire them to give. Now, we've gone through this second Corinthians chapter 8. I also want to use it to inspire you to be generous to the things of God, to be generous to the kingdom of God, to be generous to the proclamation of the gospel. And also more importantly, to be diligent in your assignment. We need to have believers who are diligent in whatever God has called them to do. And we also need to have believers who are generous to the kingdom of God. Giving is an act of faith. Giving is an act of worship. It is accepted according to what a man has. You don't need to be bullied. You don't need to be manipulated. You don't need to be promised heaven and earth. If you have given yourself willingly to the Lord, your treasure will follow your heart. If you have given your heart to the Lord, your treasure 
is going to follow your heart. Hallelujah. Let's, let's bow our head. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Tonight we, we come before you and we just rededicate ourselves to you where giving is concerned. We pray, Father God, that you would cause your word to burn in our hearts, that we will become generous in the things concerning the kingdom. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.